Welcome to Decoding the Shopper, a Kantar podcast. Coffee is actually quite often enjoyed in social occasions and even in the summer. Typically and historically, Guinness hasn't really been seen as a particularly summery beer brand. If you're a drinks brand, you're almost always competing with those tea bags in your consumer's cupboard. Brands with an understanding of seasonal opportunities and seasonal consumer behaviours can take action and grow. Most data within this podcast is provided by Worldpanel with some additional sources for a wider perspective. Today we are talking about seasonality in the drink sector and how brands can find opportunities at time of the year that they might not expect. I am Dom, client manager in the drinks team, and today I am joined by a couple of guests from the drinks team at Kantar. Hello, I'm David Elliott, strategic insight director in the drinks team at Kantar. Hi, I'm James Foley, consumer insight director also in the drinks team at Kantar. So the reason we're here today is that we've been living in fairly unpredictable and volatile times in the past few years in terms of how we shop and consume uh, with COVID and cost of living driving a lot of change from one year to another. Um, And these are things that here at the drinks team, we've helped our clients navigate and continue to do so. Um, But one thing that is predictable is seasons. Um, And so since we're at the start of 2024, um, in this unpredictable time, we wanted to answer the question, are there seasonal opportunities and challenges that present themselves to brands year after year and season after season, despite anything else that goes on? Um, We really want to help you inject some confidence into all of this uncertainty that we've been experiencing. Um, And at Kantar, our data gives us the ability to understand trends in shoppers' purchasing behaviors and how they consume products um, and their attitudes as well. Um, And we are able to paint a picture of what seasonality looks like within drinks consumption over the last five years. So, um, guys, uh, from what we can see, can you give us one key learning uh, that listeners should be thinking about? So one of the most interesting things that our data showed was that health needs are always the most important at the start of the calendar year, particularly when it comes to soft drinks consumption. And then as the year goes on, actually, its importance gradually falls. So, James and Dom, uh, did you guys set any New Year's resolutions this year? Yeah, I had a go at Veganuary this year and try to make some healthier lifestyle choices. What were you, Dom? I also tried to put a higher focus on my health um, and doing that with a fair degree of success, I would say. Well done, Dom. So, yeah, we know that about one in five of us actually uh, try to set New Year's resolutions. And then of those people that set them around, a third of them say that the New Year's resolutions typically last around one to three months. And this is very much a supported by our consumption data as well. So what we see is that every year we see a higher number of drink servings consumed for health in winter and then a still slightly elevated number through spring. But then by the time summer comes around, we've either deprioritized or given up on our health goals. And then in autumn, when we start putting on more layers of clothes again, actually our our health needs are at their lowest point through the year. So that elevated concern for health at the start of the year brings with it a kind of different and and, and a shifting consumer choice choice in terms of what they choose to drink as well. So we see elevated consumption of soft drinks categories like juice and dairy drinks, for instance. That's really interesting. And so what were people choosing to drink through the summer? 
So what we see is actually uh, a different pattern uh, emerges in in uh, the summer. So we've said that kind of health becomes a little bit uh, deprioritized in summer. What we see are more practical needs coming to the forefront in summer. So particularly around things like hydration. So this very much peaks in the summer and then starts to fall as as temperatures drop. So really, what what this all means is that seasons bring shifts to the consumer needs that brands need to cater to. So in order to uncover growth opportunities, brands really need to have a thorough understanding of what consumer needs uh, your consumers are looking to satisfy at those particular points of year and then in turn what kind of drinks that they're going to turn to to satisfy those. Super interesting. Thanks, David. Uh, James, what would be your key learning? For me, it's the importance of challenging brands' assumptions uh, when considering their competitive set. Wine's a great example of a category where brands have really strong perceptions as to when it's typically drunk. So Dom, as a wine drinker, if you're thinking about a red, a white, when do you see yourself drinking those? Um, I think like most people, um, I probably drink more red wine kind of in the winter or in the colder months of the year. Um, and then white wine for me, I definitely associate that um, kind of uh, with the summer and definitely being outdoors. Yeah, absolutely. And turning towards hot drinks, what about tea david so i'm not a massive tea drinker but uh i do have a, a cup of tea from time to time i say the time that I probably most engage with the tea category is definitely in those kind of colder winter months when i'm just looking for a kind of warming comforting cup of tea great to hear and what the data actually showed and was quite surprising was that white wine share uh peaked in the spring so not the summer as dom suggested while red uh saw a high point in autumn rather than winter Finally, it was rosé that stood out as the drink of choice through summer. Um, and then if we look to tea, uh, important to mention here that we all know we're a country that loves tea, but we were surprised by how stable its consumption was throughout the year. So if you're a drinks brand, you're almost always competing with those tea bags in your consumer's cupboard. I think the learning here is that brands need to know who they compete against at which points of the year. Seasonal trends are probably a little bit less obvious than one might think, and making assumptions could be your downfall. Brands think about their competitive set, but are they considering the influence of seasonality and adjacent categories enough in this equation? Thanks, James. Um, and I actually think what both of you just said actually leads into the learning that I want to highlight. Um, so what consumers want and what your true and not assumed competitive set is um, helps us reach a point where we can really look for those seasonal opportunities. Um, and I want to highlight that those opportunities are always there if you look hard enough. Um, let me set the scene, guys. Uh, it's a nice, warm summer's day. You are socializing with your friends. What drink are you drinking, James? For me, that has to be a nice cold beer sat outside in a garden. David? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to beat uh, a nice cold pint of lager in a beer garden. Some other drinks that come to mind are things like uh, the classic sort of pims and lemonade from a jug, sharing with friends, uh, spritz-type drinks like Aperol spritz as well. And then from a soft drink perspective, I think it's hard to, to beat a kind of cold lemonade on a hot day. Yeah, can't go wrong with uh, any of those. Um, and what about if I say a cup of coffee? Um, it wouldn't be the first thing that I think of. 
Yeah, maybe like a cold coffee or something, but it's probably a bit niche, but certainly not a kind of a hot, hot cup of coffee. It's not, not something I'd link to those occasions. Okay. Well, actually, what our usage data shows us is that coffee is actually quite often enjoyed in social occasions and even in the summer um, when we know that coffee generally loses importance. Um, and do you want to guess uh, what happens with social occasions in the summer? Consumers have more of them. Correct. Um, so yeah, this is just an example of a really clear opportunity to target a specific occasion type, even during the low season in your category. Um, and I think the learning that stems from this example is that growth opportunities exist in every season for brands that really understand consumers. So um, what brands really need to hone in on are the occasions and the consumers that they are well positioned to play for um, in the different parts of the year. Okay, so we've got our key learnings. Um, now, how do we bring those to life? Well, let's imagine we've decided to go into the gym business and launched our own brand, Kantajin. We're focusing on the summer season as the time of year we want to optimize our performance in. Okay, um, so what actions do we need to take? Firstly, think about what shopper we're targeting. In gin, summer is the time when pre-family and young family shoppers achieve their highest share of spend. So our comms and activations should resonate with younger people to have the best chance of success in summer. Next, we need to think about the channels in which we're present and what our activations will be, because where shoppers visit will change across the seasons. The weather warms in spring and summer, and we can imagine that shoppers are out and about more, becoming more willing to venture away from their main supermarket shop. As a result, discounters and convenience channels steal value share away from supermarkets. What this means for our gym brand is that we need to think about our activations for the summer and put enough of a focus on convenience in those plans. Perhaps we'll see if we can get a temporary listing too in the discounters to take advantage of greater footfall there. All right. So considering uh, the channels and the retailers that we are present in is super important. Um, what about um, pack formats? Is there anything we need to consider there? Absolutely, Dom, that's spot on. So at Cancer, our data shows that if we have a one litre or a 1.5 litre bottle in our range, summer is by far the best time to push this. It overtrains in line with the increase in social gatherings. So some are generally better for the bigger pack formats and not a time to focus on something like the 50CL format, which we can look to push in winter when it will benefit from gifting. Okay, so the way I see it, uh, in order for Kantar Gin to uh, take off the, the kind of basics that we need to hit um, and where we really need to consider seasonality are our target shopper, the channels we are present in, um, and the pack formats that we've got on shelf. Uh, is that right? Yeah, that's it. And I think the beauty of seasonality is that what we've outlined as the core considerations for a good strategy for summer 2024 will likely remain true in the summer of 2025 too. Thanks, James, for bringing that to life with our uh, Kantar Gin example. Um, are there any real life brands that we can kind of take inspiration from that have shown that they really understand how to leverage seasonality? Yeah, so one I'd like to talk about is Guinness, actually. So I think Guinness is a brand that we can look to for inspiration on really actioning against seasonal consumer trends. So I guess a question back to you, Dom. I know that you're partial to a pint of Guinness. So when you're having a pint of Guinness, what's the occasion that, that, that comes to mind for you? 
Mm, um, probably a cozy evening in the pub. Yeah, so typically and historically, Guinness hasn't really been seen as a particularly summery beer brand uh, by, by UK consumers. So we know earlier, whenever we were describing our kind of summer occasions, lager and that, that cold, crisp pint of lager came to mind. And we know from our own AlcoVision data that lager does dominate those uh, summer months. But actually, in the past couple of years, Guinness has been really working hard to change consumer perceptions of the brand in summer. Uh, so they've used some new creative campaigns. So the first, first of them is using familiar slogans that we're all familiar with like lovely day for a Guinness but actually just showing the brand against a beautiful blue sky so really putting the brand imagery in situations that we're not used to seeing it in Another part of the, the, the campaign is a, the looks like a Guinness campaign. And this again is making a play for summer occasions. So some of the imagery that they've used here, they have three black and white surfboards resembling pints of Guinness stacked in the sand at the beach. Similarly, uh, a, a black and white deck chair resembling a settling pint of Guinness at the beach. Now, the creators of, of this campaign, they describe its intention as to be able to evoke the image of a cool, refreshing ice cold pint of Guinness, which is obviously quite a departure from the image that you just described, Dom. So it's clear that Guinness are trying to change perceptions. Um, is it working for them? Are they being able to de-seasonalize themselves? Yes, absolutely. So we, we actually see this coming through uh, in terms of Guinness summer performance in our data. So AlcaVision data actually shows us that Guinness seven-day penetration is up 6% in the summer months in 2023 versus the previous year. I think really what, what this Guinness case study shows is it, it's that brands with an understanding of seasonal opportunities and seasonal consumer behaviours can take action and grow. And that action doesn't always have to be about releasing a new product or a new product development. It can just be about changing consumer perceptions of your brand. Thanks, David. Uh, yeah, great example. And Guinness clearly understand uh, those summer consumer needs. Um, and really interesting uh, how they're changing perceptions rather than uh, doing this through NPD. Um, right. So we've looked at our key learnings. Uh, we looked at some examples to bring those to life. Uh, but that's all about the past. Um, shall we take a quick look forward? Yeah, so we can consider what's to come from a seasonal events perspective in the shorter term. Summer will definitely be one to watch this year with the Euros, football and Olympics to come. Um, will that lead to more summer in front of the TV occasions, more social gatherings, more on-trade footfall? How much will, uh, how much of this will depend on the weather? Um, I wonder how brands will look to engage with these hot topics too. So traditionally, we might expect to see beer and carbonated soft drinks front and center in football activations through June and July. But with the Olympics to come soon after, perhaps it will be wise to get a head start with the health trends, building momentum for when people are feeling inspired to get active and outdoors in late summer. It'll be interesting to see how all of this plays out. Thanks, James. Um, and taking a broader view, um, perhaps even looking beyond 2024, um, what we're currently seeing in our data are indications of cost of living pressures at the very least not worsening um, as they have been um, and perhaps even receding a little bit. So, for example, discounter growth is now slowing and actually grocery malts grew faster than discounters in January, which was a first in a very, very long time. 
Um, so assuming this continues and consumer confidence doesn't take another hit, um, one period in the future that I'd be looking towards is the first half of 2025 as a really interesting period where we'll probably see even more of a heightened importance of health in drinks. Um, so we know that health benefit led products often come at a price premium, uh, which means that at the moment, even if shoppers want to make those healthier choices, tight budgets might prevent that. But if financial pressures continue receding, shoppers will be very much more able to make uh, those decisions and to prioritize their health. Thank you, David and James, for joining me today. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for listening to Decoding the Shopper, a Kantar podcast. More episodes are available on our channel and you can get in touch with us through our website, kantar.com forward slash UKI.